Welcome to episode number 62. This week we're going to be playing part two of the Direct Connections episode that Johnny Mopar and I hosted on Facebook Live. The live stream was fun. There's going to be plenty more. This is part two. I'm going to go ahead and kick this off right now. So without further ado, if you are a Mopar enthusiast, then you are in the right place. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned into the best Mopar enthusiast-driven podcast on planet Earth. And I'm your host, Chris Albrecht, better known as the Mopar Hunter. And this is Talking Mopar's Direct Connections. You're listening to Talking Mopars with the Mopar Hunter, your direct connection to all things Mopar. So, of the guys here, who who likes ratty muscle cars and who hates ratty muscle cars? I love Anybody? Them. I, like them. I love I love I them love too. Them but I know they're not for everybody. I don't. I don't mind them. But since I'm a painter, I gotta make them nice. <laughs> <laughs> See, I knew I Emmy Bill was just waiting in the wings. I knew it. <laughs> I saw him. No, so I, started, he started to twitch as soon as you said "ratty mouth." <laughs> I get. I get it. If I was a painter, I'd be like, "Let me paint that that thing." You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I. I. I uh, yeah. They're awesome. I can I can I can afford them. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I'm close to being able to afford them. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a. It's definitely a trend that I hope doesn't slow down. But in a way, I do because I want them to stay cheap. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I've said it for a while that I think it would be cool to have uh, a little small time uh, dealership that just buys ratty muscle cars because I think if you were smart about it. And you went to the right locations, you could get a lot of cool cars that were close to running and driving, get them running and driving, and just sell them as project cars. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. I also think that a ratty. Go ahead. I'm sorry. There's just 69 satellite here in Iowa that just sold for, I think, 2,600 bucks. Holy was, shit. Uh, wow. I had wow. a rest of the uh, <laughs> upper sale panel. And I have no money, of course, so I, I can't buy it. But. Um, <laughs> That's always when those deals pop up. Oh yeah. God. Yeah, that's who had it. But yeah, twenty six hundred bucks had the three eighteen in it still. I mean, it needed some work to get running and driving, but the bottom was just super solid. Wow. So, yeah, that's a deal. So, those are the cars. Those are the cars that go. Yeah, those are the cars that go really quick. Unfortunately. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was, uh, it was the same day you posted. Wow. Week. Week before last, I was out in South Carolina on business, and um, and so with the uh, all the coronavirus stuff taking place right now, uh, works like, hey, look, you have to drive, can't fly, you know, we don't want to risk exposure, all that stuff. Okay, fine, no problem. So I'm in a rental car, and um, I'm on my way home, and I'm in the heart of uh, this little town called Seneca, South Carolina. And I'm driving through the woods to get to the interstate because it's way off the beaten path. And I cut through, I miss a turn. So I have to cut through this little side road to get back to the main highway. And in this side road, it's like a, I drive through a junkyard and I see in the woods a four door 70 satellite. And I don't know about you guys, but it's ratty. I, I just, I peeked <laughs> and I just saw the taillights through the woods. And I'm like, holy geez, that's a 70 satellite. And I look a little closer. I, I literally put the, the, the car in reverse back up. And I'm like, oh, it's a four-door. That's so sweet. 
I don't know about you guys, but I love all of them. I love the four doors, man. A four door B yeah. body, I think, is sweet. You know, I have and to agree. Four... Agree. Oh yeah, that's all. I yeah. love them. I think the wagons, all that stuff, is cool. Um, oh, I you love know, wagons. Yes. So I saw a seventy, and I've seen a sixty-nine wagon uh, Plymouth done up. Um, you know, to look like the Superbirds and Superbirds, um, the Roadrunners. Okay. And I think they look good. I've seen one done up like a GTX. It looked pretty good. Um, yeah, they put the scoops actually, in the back doors, right? Yeah. In the back doors. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. looks sweet. But I love them all. I love the, um, the restored ones. I think it's great to go and see them and kind of get a, a resemblance of what they were back in their heyday. But man, there's something about that rattiness that just draws me like a moth to a flame. It is just so cool. Just get in it and drive it. You, you know what? It, it for me, this is. I don't know how many people agree with this, but like like in my heyday back in the '90s, I I didn't have a lot of money, so most of the cars I bought were ratty to start with, and it was just to get them running. Like you just got them running, and that's what you drove. That was your daily driver. Got you to work and home, you know. Uh, and I mean, sure, I, I wanted a nice car, but it was like all the emphasis, all the money I had to spend on the car always went into the engine first, you know? So it was like, you'd, you'd hop up the motor or you'd build another motor for it on the side until you could swap it, you know, and like paint and body was down the road, you know, Bill sitting there waiting, waiting to go to work and he, you didn't do it because you didn't have the money to do it, you know? Uh, right. And I, and I think, I think now it's like, it, I, I think there's such a fondness for me. Like those were good times, even though we were broke and we we're poor. Uh, I had so much fun in those cars. And when I see a ratty muscle car, it kind of takes me back to that. You know, it's that, that vibe, that feel. And, and like I told you in the past with, when I was talking about my Roadrunner, it was like, you know, that car was so, it was a beat up driver. I never worried about it. It just, when you could go thrash on a car and beat on it and not worry about scratching it or denting it, stuff like that, boy, that gives you a lot of freedom. Yeah. You get that first one that's painted and stuff, and then you're like, uh, you know, you got to park it out 100 yards away from a store mm -hmm. so nobody parks next to you, or you can't leave it side at a car show because you're afraid somebody's going to lean on it or something, you know? <laughs> It's just uh, there's yeah. a lot of freedom in those old ones, in the in the ratty ones, you know. Absolutely. And I've I've done that. I've done the you know have to pack tennis shoes because you park so far away from the the, the store, you know, the, the pristine car. I've done that, and I have a lot of respect for them. But I agree with you so much. You know, my car is the paint job on it is literally older than I am. It was painted in 1977. <laughs> and I just put some compound to it. Uh, the, organ the Organosol black is, it's still the uh, original, you know, flat black on the hoods and uh, the top of the quarters, uh, sorry, front fenders and doors. But, um, you know, I buffed it out as best as I could, put the stripes on it. And literally, I, I don't have that fear, you know, and that's something that for me is relieving as opposed to times of old when I've had that car parked miles away. And, you know, I've 
had the GPS tracking alarms and everything else. And I was just so fanatic about it. And I actually had a car in college that I lived in a little, I mean, I lived in some dumps, man. I think my rent was like 200 bucks a month. And it was like in the middle of the ghetto, right? I mean, it's all I could afford as a starving young mechanic, right? But I had a nice car and it was down, you know, in the parking lot. And I would wake up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night, like, oh my God, oh my God. Was that, <laughs> was that the cam? Did, did, I, did somebody crank up my car? And I would just top speed. I'd run downstairs, go out into the parking lot. It was like, oh, it's still there. Thank God. When I would take the car out, I literally had a heavy gauge uh steel chain wrapped around the axle i drilled my landlord didn't know this i drilled anchors into the into the the parking lot where my parking spot was i would padlock it i would take the entire ignition system off the car i would pull yeah. the i had a standalone fuel system on the car i would pull the fuse for the car i mean it was like a 20 30 minute ordeal to kind of you know make this unstealable car because my friends were getting their stolen <laughs> left and right, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. I started dating my wife, uh, my girlfriend, you know, she's my wife now. And uh, I remember just one night just waking up in a cold sweat and she's like, oh my God, what's wrong? I was like, somebody's just in my car. Just in my car. <laughs> and it's like, oh, and it, that's funny. That versus you know, now, it's just, I don't have that anxiety, you know? Yeah. It's funny. I did the same thing when I got my coronet painted. I take the, I pop the distributor cap off and pull the rotor out, put it in my pocket when I, when I leave the car. And then I thought, yeah. man, somebody might figure that out. So then I would pull the ballast <laughs> resistor off the ballast resistor, the plug, and I would set it on top of the prong. So if you looked at it, it looked like it was plugged in. So if somebody tried to start it and they had their own rotor, you know, I don't know why it's not starting, you know, hopefully <laughs> buy some time. You know, but yeah, ton of anxiety. <laughs> That's hilarious. You oh, don't have man. to worry about people stealing your cars if they don't run. <laughs> so I don't have that problem. Uh, yeah. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so, the uh, guy uh, I got my car from, I remember when it, he first delivered it, and uh, he he dropped it off. I'd bought a car from him before, so this go around, he drove it over, he trailered it over to my place, and I remembered maybe that night trying to get it started. It sat in a barn since the eighties. And uh, I was trying to get the 340 started, and I just couldn't figure it out. And I was like, why? Why don't I have spark? Why don't I have spark? So, all right. So I whip out the test light, and I'm going after everything. I find the most miniature kill switch I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> this thing was like a toggle switch. That was like, it was like an ant. It was hidden in the fresh <laughs> air duct. You had to reach your hand into the fresh air duct, go up and just kind of feel around there. And the only reason I found it was I was, you know, looking under the dash and I saw some brown speaker wire. What the hell is this going, you know? <laughs> and it went over and it tied to the ballast resistor, just like you're talking about. And I'm like, nice. you gotta be you got to be sure. So I, I flipped that little switch, and sure enough, it fired right up. You know, after sitting for so long, but kind of the same thing, hilarious. right? You know, we all had these very, I don't know, very troublesome ways. You know, tried to make it harder to get stolen, and um, I just think now I live a little bit easier. You know, I just <laughs> I hit in the parking lot. I do have a GPS tracker on it because they're like twenty bucks nowadays, right? But wow. other than that. 
that's it. Like I go into a cruising the coast. We are a week long cruising the coast in Biloxi. I'd leave it in the parking lot at the hotel. I'd go to sleep and I'd sleep like a baby. And I knew, Hey, I, I could always find it. Got a tracking bug on it. I'll pull out my cell phone. I know where it's at. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to worry about the paint getting scratched. I'm not going to worry about, uh, a little kid breathing on it too heavy. You know, <laughs> the way I look at it is, I mean, it's up to us to keep this passion alive, right? And yeah, when I see a little kid gawking on the corner or at a car show, and it, it gives an opportunity to discuss the car and you know educate them on what they are and instill that passion in them, um, that's what I like about this this rattiness. Is hey, go ahead, touch it. I caught my yeah. kids climbing in it like the Dukes of Hazard two <laughs> days ago. <laughs> I didn't freak yeah, out. That's awesome. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Hey, uh, Dan says, uh, me See, and I had, an I had an opposite, uh, go ahead, Bill. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Johnny. Oh, I was just going to okay, say, I was uh, going to say that I opposite problem. <laughs> there's a, there's <laughs> a delay with you, Bill. RT, the one that was sassy grass green. Yeah, I know. Uh, my 71 <laughs> that was sassy grass green i i did a full restoration on it and in 2000 good and uh one day uh i was having it and i was actually picking up a date and uh somebody hit my car in oh. an apartment complex so you know needless to say the date didn't go very well <laughs> um i took the car home and i had it at my house and I'd start to sand out the, the scratches and I'd just start to cry and I'd car, put the car cover back on it. And then another day I'd go out and put some primer on it and to cry and cover it back up. It probably took me weeks to touch up the door and the quarter panel um, from, a, from a key. And uh, I don't think I drove it much after that. And I ended up selling the car in 2001. Um, there's some photos of it on, on my website. If you ever want to go there and look at the old cars, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's very heartbreaking. So I understand the, the, uh, the desire to keep it, you know, low key and, and, uh, nobody wants to steal it because it, it doesn't look flashy or anything, but as a painter, I got to keep them nice somehow. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. I, I think you, I think you do great. I mean, if we don't have good painters and how could we really appreciate, you know, some of those body lines, you know, a good clean paint can really show off some of them beautiful body lines, yeah. you know, and yeah. it's, it's great to have those beautiful cars out there. You know, I don't want to take anything away from that. Absolutely not. Um, yeah. I think but, ultimately it's not, it's not one over the other kind of like the new challengers and the old muscle cars it's like it's like they're all their own camp in a way you know and it's nice yeah. that they're all in that mopar vein we can we can all own all of them but it's like okay you got the new challengers and or the chargers and you got you know some nice muscle cars and you got some ratty muscle cars it's like it's almost like the best world would be if you had one of each you know, and you could experience mm -hmm. each trying, Johnny, trying. <laughs> <laughs> right. I hear you. Did you okay, guys so ever? Bill, you were... Oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, uh, Bill, I was you're just talking gonna... about. Uh... Go ahead. Go ahead, Johnny. <laughs> I was just going to say what what Dan Streeter was saying. He said, "Me and my coffee can start our own ratty muscle car dealership." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, go ahead, guys. Ugly duckling uh, car rental. <laughs> I want to. I want to have a little uh, expansion, a little uh, spinoff of Bill's story here, talking about dates. Um, so here's a. Uh, this was my when I had a nice car. When I talk about like you know nice paint and everything. When I had a nice car, and you know I was a young man. I was dating at the time. Uh, my secret to keeping a nice car at that point in time was to have a really shitty car. Okay, <laughs> so the rite of passage. Uh, get this, guys. So I had this really busted up 1990 Nissan pickup truck, like a little hard body, right? And this thing was so bad. I mean, uh, my dad borrowed it one time and he broke a key off in the door. So you could unlock it with like a pocket knife. Uh, about a month later, um, <laughs> somehow a key got broken off in the ignition. It was the same way. You could crank it up with a pocket knife. Um, so when I would go pick girls up for a date, I would show up in this. Oh, that was so bad. I had no paint left on it. It was, it would made the time and chain. I'm pretty sure it was trying to eat its way out of the end. <laughs> it drank oil like a sailor drank alcohol. It was the worst <laughs> thing ever. It was so bad. And uh, I remember when I met my wife, we were out uh, mutual friends, birthday party. And, um, you know, we kind of hit it off great. She went home, I went home. And the next day I was like, hey, you know, would you mind picking me up? I left my truck downtown. I had a little bit too much to drink. And I think it was at the point where I had to climb in through the sliding glass and fish pocket change out of the ashtray to crank it up to drive it home. I think that's when she <laughs> fell in love with me. So I think, you know, at that she didn't even actually see my nice car until like the third date she was like wait you don't you actually don't have just this piece of shit great that's awesome yeah <laughs> um, but it was twofold right i get make sure they like you for you not just your cool car and the second thing is, is it keeps uh your car from getting all banged up yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely because when they're out on the street i mean they're exposed to all kinds of things and uh it it seems like, well, I don't know, maybe it's more of nowadays, but when I drive an old car now, it's like, man, it's, it's almost, it's, it's awesome because everybody's got their eyes on you <laughs> and it's like, that's mm -hmm. good because that means you're not going to, you know, be daydreaming somewhere and slamming into the back of my car. You know, it's like, yeah, here I am. Keep your distance, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. It's cool, man. But, they're just something about them, too. And they're not on every corner. We're talking Mopars, right? You know, yeah. I don't know how it is in your neck of the woods, but in Louisiana, I rarely, rarely ever do I see a vintage Mopar. And when you go down the street, it's like necks are just snapping. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Is that yeah. what I think? Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's cool. It makes you smile because, you know, you see the appreciation in people's faces of something that you're passionate about yourself, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I think I think Blake. I think uh, if you don't saying in Iowa, if you see if you see an old Mopar, you typically know the person. There's just not <laughs> many around that nobody that nobody doesn't already know about. And even the guy that I work with, uh, the big Mopar shop, he even said growing up, he was a Mopar guy, and it was weird because everybody thought Mopars were dumb. 
didn't nobody around here like them. <laughs> so at least it was hard to find them then. Back in the seventies, it was hard to find them really. Performance stuff, you know, not your not your run of the mill four door stuff. So he's a guy that yeah. you need to get on some climb. He's got some neat stuff. <laughs> yeah, send him my way. I think I think here maybe Bill could attest to this. I don't know if it's like that where you are, but it it seems like because it you know California is pretty densely populated, right? It's a lot of urban you know developments around here and stuff but it's like i feel like i should know every mopar guy that's local but constantly you'll see one just going down the road and you're like holy shit where does that guy live you know be a 69 charger or 68 roadrunner or something you know you're just like where the hell like i think there's just a lot of cars hidden in garages guys don't drive them every day you just have no idea like right local to me there's a 71 black Roadrunner, and the thing's got a Hemi in it. His license plate says Hemi, and I'm like, holy shit. And it's uh, – I think it's blue and yellow plates on it, the the old, you know, original plates to that era car. But, like, I've never seen the guy at a car show. I've never met him anywhere, but I've seen him, like, three times now, you know. Wow. So I think there's a lot of stuff hidden around here. Yeah, I'll say that's a hell of a car. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love those. Yeah, and, and that was a acquired. I used to know all the local cars up here. I used to know all the local cars up here, but uh, they don't come up very often. And uh, a buddy of mine moved back up towards Chris's area and took nine Mopars with them, so that emptied oh. out a good portion of the ones that were in this area. <laughs> But uh, uh, here's an idea for the guys that like the ratty Mopars, but they want an anti-theft device. Uh, the best one I ever saw was a friend of mine that had his ignition system wired into the cigarette lighter. So when he parked his car, he just pushed in the cigarette lighter, and that shorted everything out. And you wouldn't realize it. If you tried to steal it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't start. Because it nice. He goes to leave, That's he just sweet. pulls the thing out, and off he goes. That's pretty awesome. That's amazing. I'm just going to, I think I have the ultimate way to prevent theft of your vehicle right now. Just take a little yellow post-it note and just stick it on your steering wheel and just write, I have COVID, sucker. And then just <laughs> I licked this steering uh, wheel. <laughs> oh, man. That horrible joke. Sorry, guys. Um, you know, Blake, I did want to mention this because you mentioned four doors earlier. And I don't know if you guys saw on my personal Facebook feed, but gosh, a few months ago now, maybe even longer than that, I kind of lost track of time. There was a 69 Coronet four-door that I saw, and uh, it was two grand. And it was green with blue interior, factory. I thought that was very, very weird. But, you know, for a long time, I have thought that, you know, because you see wagons and wagons kind of caught on. And there's been a couple wagons I've seen for sale that are pretty, pretty pricey. But I still think that there's a there's a nice little market for sedans. And I think that uh, pretty soon we're going to see a huge, huge influx of people buying Mopar sedans and uh, hot rodding them. I think they're going to be making a huge. Um, you know. Well, I, I think we're getting to the point of attrition. You know, uh, it's like, I mean, in the 90s. A bodies. Nobody wanted a bodies. They were they were just everywhere. They were plentiful. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I mean, I've stumbled across three forty cars. I could have had a sixty nine 
GTS with a 340 in it for 500 bucks. And I thought, eh, <laughs> you know, I kick, I kick myself in the ass now, but you know, they were just everywhere and shit. If they had a slant six or a 318, you, you can pick them up for nothing. Go to the junkyard. There was probably five or six of them in the junkyard. It, you know, and now look at them. I mean, they've dried up to some degree and shit, they're starting to bring, you know, you're starting to get into 20, 25,000 for really nice, uh, a body, like especially demons or early dusters or darts, you know, um, it's just crazy. And so I think, you know, when in the nineties, the E bodies were the cars that were taking off the, the Cudas and the challengers were just going into the stratosphere. You can still find a lot of B bodies. B bodies were still everywhere, barely cheap in, in relatively, you know, and you look at them now, and I think maybe the new challengers kind of stopped the, the 70 and 71 challengers from really taking off. You know, it's kind of like moved part of that market to the newer stuff because you still got that cool vibe. But, you know, all of the bells and whistles um, and now B bodies are kind of like right there and even surpassing E bodies in some cases. Uh, so I think as stuff dries up, these young kids, the young kids that are coming into the hobby now that happen to really like Mopars and, you know, maybe they're working at McDonald's or Starbucks they're not making a ton of money, you know, what are they looking at? They're, they're going after, I mean, you, what can you afford? It's going to be the early A bodies. It's going to be four doors, you know, it's going to be C bodies. I think, um, I think that's kind of your, how you get into the door, you know, um, and then, and then enough guys start doing that and it starts driving up the price on those cars. I mean, the nineties, a four door was a parts car. You didn't, yeah. if it, if it, if it ran, true. you might've drove it, but you know, you probably mm-hmm. bought it for parts. <laughs> yeah. They're a rare, they're a rare commodity now. That's why every time I see them, I'm just super interested. I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think well, you absolutely you hit the nail on the head when it comes to the youth, Johnny. I mean, when I was a young kid, my first Mopar, like I said, was that Duster. I got it for fifteen hundred bucks. You know, you can't touch one for less than five or six. You know, now wow. in that similar rough shape, and you know, you're talking about these kids and what they're looking at. I mean, there was at the time in the '90s and, and early 2000s, I turned my nose up at plenty of seventy, seventy-one B bodies. I was like, man, that's just not my thing. You know, it's like sixty-eight or nothing, right? And yeah. now I'm like, man, those are some really good-looking cars. Like, why? I don't understand why I turned my nose up at them back then, but now it's like, I wish I could have one because there was, you know, those deals that you passed up. I was at the Battleship Show in Mobile, maybe. I don't know, maybe eight years ago or something like that. And there was a 71 GTX. It was originally, um, it was originally a purple car. It was just a roller. And I think the guy wanted 2,500 bucks and I just scoffed at it. I was like, no, no. And I, it was a big block car. I'm pretty sure, you know, per the tags, but I mean, a solid project for 2,500 bucks. And back then I turned my nose up at it. So yeah, it's Were you like that guy's on crack. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was. But, uh, I was like, nah, nah. <laughs> oh, oh man, kicking yeah. myself for that one, right? Well, I, I think you know when when they were more plentiful, it's like you could still attain you know coronets and satellites and belvederes for 
freaking nothing, you know, running, driving good cars for probably less than a thousand bucks, you know? So mm -hmm. when you could get your hands on one of those it, and don't get me wrong, cause I like third gen B bodies, but you know, in comparison between those two groups, it's like, why bother with a third gen charger when you could get a second gen charger still for, well, you know, That's maybe right. back then, maybe five grand for really nice driver, you know? That's insane. When I hear that, it just blows my mind. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. shit, what I would do if I could get my hands on anything between 68 and 72 <laughs> for, you know, a nice driver for five grand, shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's just yeah. unreal, unreal. And Johnny's got them all, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah, I got that 72 for free. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I almost didn't take it, you know. <laughs> but Let, yeah. let's, uh, I see Braden here is talking about the 318 Paul and he want, uh, the polyspherical uh, 318. And he's asking what our thoughts are on that and the LA being the most underrated small block Mopars of all time. Um, I agree with the LA being underrated. Uh, most people with LAs, there's like, you know, big block swap it or um, that that's probably what I see more common than anything is, you know, if it's got a 318, I'll swap it out for a big block or, or, you know, sometimes they step it up to a 360. I like 360s. I think they're yeah. great. Um, 340s, I, while I like them because they're 340s, I just think that, you know, aside from being able to say you have a 340, I, I would probably save some money and get myself a 360 and, you know, build a 408 stroker or something like that. Um, the 318 Poly, to be honest, I don't know much about them other than everything that I had been told early in my Mopar years was that there were boat anchors, but I learned that you could crank out a lot of power out of those 318 polys, but I've never, I've never actually looked into them as far as their history or anything like that. So maybe uh, one of you old timers can talk about the poly 318. Well, I could tell you they're like bulletproof engines. Like I would, oh, I would yeah. never, I would never build one because trying to put high performance parts on it, it's just too expensive and it's just more yes. practical to go with an LA motor. But I mean, if you have a bone stock poly 318 and a, you know, like a 64 Dodge or Plymouth or even older back in the late 50s, I mean, they'll run forever, forever. It's like, I, I don't know, you could probably put 500,000 miles on them and they, they'll keep running. Um, so in that regard, I, I think the poly's a bitchin' motor, but I wouldn't build it. They're um, big. I didn't realize how big they were. <laughs> oh yeah, they're, do their tanks. They're big. Yeah. Uh, so, of mine used to build those. A set of hundred over pistons, because the the casting on the blocks was so thick, you could bore the snot out of them. Um, you put that in an inline two four barrel intake on it, and they haul ass. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> That's insane. I heard, oh God. Yeah, I know that I've run across some builds and I'm trying to remember where I ran across them, but I, I kind of stuck my nose up in there and I was like, oh, Poly 318. Um, but I, I swear I heard that it wasn't too hard. I mean, aside from, you know, finding the parts and whatnot, I heard it's not too hard to get, you know, 
400, 500 horsepower. I don't know how true that is. I don't know anything about the Polyspherical 318. Um, the only time, actually, <laughs> this is kind of funny. The first time I actually ever saw one was, um, I, th I think I was with my wife at the time. It was a long time ago. I went to go look at a 68 Fastback Barracuda. So I roll into this trailer park and in the ad, it said 318 Poly. And at the time, I didn't know what a Polyspherical 318 was. So I was like, 318 poly what the hell is that and i went and the guy said hey i'm not home but the car's unlocked go ahead and take a look at it i went and looked at it It was a complete piece of shit but i popped the hood and uh i was like and i'm looking at it and i'm like that's a 318 <laughs> the thing just i was like holy shit that thing's huge and i i just it didn't it didn't look right to me obviously because it was yeah. poly 318 so uh i ended up doing a so i've done a little bit of research just to figure out what the hell it was because i thought it was some sort I, this is how stupid i i was and still am i was like poly and i was trying to figure out what um he uh misspelled i was like poly what the hell is he <laughs> and then i did i did a little research because i just i googled poly 318 and i was like oh shit i'm an idiot <laughs> so that's the first time i ever even learned anything about the poly 318 and to be honest i was like a lot of people were saying you know it's not worth the money that you would invest in it um compared to you know even uh an la 318 you know to get serious power out of it i don't know how i don't know how true that is it's brayden says 525 horsepower yeah that's it's okay i believe them i think it'd be done that just yeah. ridiculously expensive that's that's what I that's what I, I, I think. Uh, I, I saw a four. We're so a friend of mine. Uh, he acquired a sixty-five. I helped him get it. Uh, one of those, you know, been under a lean two for its its whole life. It was a sixty-five Belvedere two four door. Uh, kind of that turquoise green colors. Patina was amazing. Uh, just really good looking car for that ratty look. We pulled it out and we were like, oh yeah, let's see what we could do with this Poly three eighteen. So. Rebuilt the carburetor, got it running, and we started looking at performance parts. And I think like the four barrel intake manifold for if you could find one was like almost a grand. I was like, wow, manifold? Like it was, <laughs> you know, at that point in time, I'm like, what? Like, yeah, I'm used to the, you know, Edelbrock or Holly, you know, having a, you know, a decent intake manifold for like the sub 300 range, you know, a thousand bucks for this, you know, piece of cast iron that was, you know, 50 years old i was like geez that's insane um so funny story about that car you're talking johnny about livelihood uh we had a massive flood down here in 2016 and his house uh was in a low-lying area the car was seven feet underwater so the water was seven feet above the roof right holy shit yeah. Oh, it was bad. It was so bad. I went, I actually went back there by boat to check on his dad who lived in that area and the water was up to the eaves of his house. Right. Wow. And so we had done all this work to this car and we were riding it around and, um, it just went underwater. And I remember seeing, you, you could see the white of the roof under the water, you know, but it was way down there. And wow. when the waters seceded, everything went away. Um, a young kid that worked at the local O'Reilly's, he, he bought it for like 500 bucks off of my friend, you know, and we were like, eh, I mean, what you going to do with that? You know, it's been completely underwater. It's, it's probably just trashed. He drained the fluids, spun it over with, you know, fresh fluids, everything in it, 
drain the fluids again, change them again. The kid is still driving that car to this day. <laughs> oh, wow. And that 318, that poly 318 is kicking ass. Like, I'm just, we're just dumbfounded by how durable this thing is. And it's just like, yeah. that car was seven feet underwater, and this kid is just driving it around like no tomorrow. I'm telling you, you can't kill those engines. No matter what you do to them, you just can't freaking kill them. Wow. We got our our club okay. car is a uh, 66 Plymouth Belvedere four-door, and it's got a Poly 318 in it. And uh, we put a four-barrel on it. Chris bought one of those. If you go into, like, O'Reilly's or AutoZone, they have those uh, adapters, and it's a four-barrel bolt pattern to a two-barrel oh. intake manifold. Ah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. we put that on the car, so it's got an Edelbrock on it now, and it, it runs fine. I mean, it's probably more carb than the engine needs, but, yeah, it, it runs just just fine. It's crazy. It's a cool car. Well, now I'm going ha- to have Speaking to do an episode that. on Poly 318s because I don't know enough about them, and now, now I'm interested. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I'd like to see. You know, you're talking about that, Johnny. What I'd like to see is so Fitech has just come out with their two barrel setup that supports, you know, pretty decent numbers, like four or five hundred horsepower out of a two barrel. It's their, Whoa. you know, their new fuel injected two. I wonder what that would do on a poly three eighteen. Oh, it's probably the way to go. I mean, save the money on the intake manifold and just put a Fitech yeah. on top of it. Yeah, good to go. That'd be interesting. See how much you could squeeze out of that. Yeah. Step. That's definitely interesting. I didn't know anything about that, Blake. That's cool. Now, and and I I think oh, yeah. like the, the three eighteen. I think the Poly has the same timing chain and even the same timing chain cover as the LA motor, right? Does anybody know? That sounds correct to me, but I'm, I don't know for sure. But that sounds right. I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Looking at it, it looks the same as an LA. I don't know how many parts are interchangeable from the LA motor to it, but. I mean, at least timing chains are available. I'd I'd be interested to see if the cam would. I don't think the cams change over on those, but it'd be nice if they did. Yeah, we looked at the, those too, and we were like, "Yeah, no, <laughs> no, yeah, pricey." Not have- I don't I don't think they change over because of the uh, the spacing on the intake and exhaust ports are different. So your your order of the uh, the cam lobes would be different. Okay. Okay. Maybe. I've never heard of them interchanging, so I think that would probably have been a popular thing if it yeah. was doable. I think you're right, Johnny. I think more people would be more open-minded because I just I just don't see um, as many Poly 318 builds out there as you know LA 318s or 340s or 360s. Um, now, now I'm really curious about the durability because I've always thought that the Slant Six was the most durable, which I think I think it is. But from I mean, <laughs> seven feet underwater and still driving the damn thing. Yeah. I mean, that's a <laughs> that's quite a statement. I'm curious now. I gotta well, I gotta look more into that. My money's on the Poly. I would put yeah. my money on the Poly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe maybe we'll uh, get popular enough where we can do a demonstration and we'll get a Poly uh, 318 and a Slant Six and we'll battle it out. <laughs> <laughs> might be a long episode (laughs) (laughs) we'll we'll get crazy with it we'll start pouring sand and (laughs) we'll start pouring sand into them and (laughs) get a little crazy Braden says no cam changeover i don't what oh okay does anybody know Braden? 
do you know what parts will change over, if any at all? I'm gonna. I don't think any will, but that's just me. I'm just trying to dig up any memory I have of anything I've ever read on the Poly 318. But um, I don't want to speak out of speak out of turn or out of line. Okay, saying they were painting their arse. <laughs> Interesting. Ryan Lusk says that they're uh, definitely durable. He had a buddy that had a 66 satellite. Okay. Beat on it for years. I believe it. I, I know, you know, on the back of the motor, it's the same as a 318, as a LA motor. So all the transmissions from either engine will interchange. But I, I had a... Well, my wife's 64 Plymouth Savoy four-door, it had a Poly 318, and I put an LA motor in it. And I think there was some issue with the torque converter. I can't remember what the deal was. I don't know if I tried to use the torque converter from the LA motor and put it into the push-button trans, and it wouldn't take it or or what. Something, something like that. It's a long time ago, though. There's a list of... Uh... Oh, LA to A parts interchange. I looked up real quick while you guys were talking. Nice. But thermostat, thermostat housing, internally balanced uh, harmonic balancers from the 273 to 340. Um, spring retainers and keepers, main bearings, but not for the 360. Rod bearings, crankshaft, reground 360s included. Flywheel starter, both standard and high torque. 318 LA ring sets. Timing chain and sprocket, fuel pump, oil pump, oil pan, but not from the 360. Distributor pump drive gear, distributor standard points are electric. That's what the list shows. Okay. Hmm. Sounds about right. Wow. The, there was some poly 318 genius out there. <laughs> but somewhere, some yeah. day along the line, he's going to listen to this when it's in podcast form. And he's going to go, those <laughs> idiots. <laughs> he's, he's surrounded by poly 318s and he's just the poly 318 god. <laughs> uh, the most I knew before funny. that came from Uncle Tony did a video like 11 months ago or something just about the head design and how it predates the big block Chevy and stuff. That's really Oh, really? I like Uncle yeah. Tony. I'll have to go check that out. Definitely. Very, very cool. Yeah, I just don't I just don't see many people. I guess I'm just looking in the wrong areas or something, but I just don't see too many builds of the Poly 318, which now that I hear that it's so durable, now I'm really curious. So, like I said, we'll have, I'll have to do an episode about that in the future sometime soon. Um, right on. So what else is happening, guys? We've had a solid, like, eight, nine, ten. I think we got up to 12 people on this uh watching which is cool you know i wasn't expecting much so that's fine when I first <laughs> i'm happy started, uh, I was at 17. oh really i didn't I, see that i, I, I wish i had seen Sorry. that <laughs> <No>. <laughs> i'm sure people got on they're like okay well <laughs> um this was just supposed to be a trial run just to see what would happen and i'm really having a good time and you know i was wondering bringing on more than just me and johnny i was like okay maybe one more and make it three uh, I was worried that the more we brought on, the harder it would be to, you know, it's like wrangling cats or something. I was like, oh, this is going to be rough, but so far so good. Hemi Bill <laughs> is on the delay, so it's made it kind of funny. I've been trying not to laugh when <laughs> we talk and then he comes in. So it's technology, you know, it's a bitch, but 
I'm having a good time. Um, I see that Dan Streeter was asking me um, what the Mopar Hunters Association is. So Facebook just enabled me to um, have fan subscriptions. So basically I designate a certain monthly subscription fee and I can supply or not supply, but provide um, extra bonus content essentially for people that want to subscribe to the Mopar Hunter. So um, I've been kicking it around and when you do it, you get um, a private group for subscribers. So I was trying to come up with a name and I already have the Mopar buy, sell trade group, which is, it's kind of out of hand in, in its own little way. So I was like, all right, well, if anybody, once I get everything ironed out and I figure out how I'm going to do the subscription, what else, what extra content I'm going to provide for that, um, then people will have access to a private group. Now, what what that will be, I'm not quite sure yet. I was hoping that anybody that's willing to pay, it's going to be $4.99 a month. That was Facebook's suggested um, subscription price. Uh, I'm thinking that anybody that's willing to spend $4.99 to watch or listen to whatever I put out is probably going to get into that group. And I'm assuming if they if they have money to spend uh, $4.99, I'm sure that you'll get more people that are more serious about um, spending money. You know what I mean? I see in these groups all over the place that when it's free, people go nuts and they will say whatever the hell they want. But if somebody had to pay $4.99, I don't think somebody's going to pay $4.99 to go onto a, a group page and say, oh, that guy's on crack. I don't think they're going to spend money like that. But it's also more than just the group page. I think Dan. it's a great way to cut down on trolls. Yeah, it definitely is. I, I was hoping that, you know, because I, I broke it down in my head because I was thinking to myself, okay, if I was not myself and I was looking at the Mopar Hunter stuff, I'm thinking to myself, okay, you know, I get to see all these cars and I get a little bit of entertainment and, you know, five bucks a month. What is that? A buck 25 a week. And I'm like, okay, plus I'm, you know, the podcast is free. And ideally, if I got enough subscribers, I would never have to worry about actually getting commercial ad sponsors to help me pay for the costs associated with the podcast. I would love for it to be ad free. You know, with the exception of my friends, like I, I don't want anybody to think that Hemi pages or DIY Hemi pay me to talk about. They're my friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, uh, Blake. Now, if you get rich, Blake, <laughs> um, but uh, I, uh, I I really only want to talk about stuff that I personally believe in and that I'm actually involved with. You know, I you know, I thought about uh, there's a lot of podcasts I listen to that uh, they sell boner pills, <laughs> uh, blue chew. They sell bo boner pills and um, uh, manscaping to shave your balls and <laughs> just a bunch wow. of, you know, so I'm like, I don't know if I, you know, I could make it funny. I think, <laughs> but uh, I'm like, I just don't, eh, I'm not really into it. I, I feel like that's selling out because talking Mopars, I'm, I'm talking Mopars, not your hairy balls. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm hoping that uh, once I figure out exactly what extra content I'm going to provide, which I think is going to be extra podcast or, po or two podcasts, definitely I don't want to put the lives that I do on um, there, maybe I'll do an extra live. Maybe I'll do two lives a month and one will be free. And the, and the other one you can pay for, uh, along with the subscription, but I just want to make sure that it's, it's worthwhile. What is worth a dollar 25 a week aside from what I already do. So 
that's what I'm still trying to work out the details, Dan. Thanks for asking. Um, so more on that. But hey, if, if people in the future are listening to this and you want to support the Mopar Hunter and what I do with the podcast, and maybe you don't want to fork out, you know, 20 bucks to buy a t- t-shirt, but in, you know, donate five bucks for a month. You know, because you don't have to, you're not like locked in for a year or anything like that. You can try it out and then get out if you don't like what I'm doing or whatever. So I don't know. I'm just trying to figure it out. When Facebook said I was enabled for it, I was like, oh, I'll give it a shot and see what happens. So that's it. Now, if I get a crazy amount of subscribers, I was talking to Johnny Mopar about this. I would love to have enough money where I can just give away a project car. Like once, once a quarter or something crazy like that and just give it away. Because Facebook has all sorts. I had to read their terms of service because I didn't want to, you know, get on and then get booted off. And um, their terms of service basically say that I can't entice you by saying, hey, if you subscribe to the Mopar Hunter, I'll send you stickers. I can't give you a physical product. But what I can do is offer you content. They never said anything about giving stuff away for free. So maybe if I get a thousand or two thousand subscribers to this thing maybe i can give away some project cars i think that would be fun and that's kind of in line with you know no mopar left behind type thing and i would love to be able to give a project car to somebody that's like hey you know i'm having a hard time finding this or maybe you know they're in a place where there aren't very many cars and they can't get one shipped to them i thought it would be cool if i could cover the cost of the car and get it shipped to them i thought that would be a fun way to um give back to the Mopar community and maybe drive some traffic. I know that if I was outside looking in and I saw this guy's giving up for five bucks and I, I would try it just for a couple months to see what, what do I got to do to get this car? You know what I mean? So that's it, Dan, for now. We'll see what else happens here. I'm trying to launch it in the next um, couple weeks. I'm just trying to get some content up there so that when you pay me the, the $4.99, you don't go in and be like, there's nothing here yet. What the hell? <laughs> so we'll see what happens with that. Any other new comments? What do we got here? I think you have the rhythm. I think you got the rhythm. Four ninety nine you know? a month. That's a bigger investment than some of Johnny Mopar's cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, I'm gonna now. Thanks, Bill. Now I'm gonna get people going. Why would I give you four ninety nine when I can go get a charger like Johnny? <laughs> um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm kind of excited I about it. Crazy cars instead of giving you cash. <laughs> I should just, I should just say, hey Johnny, how about you hook hook a brother up with one of those chargers, and I'll give you a small percentage of my subscriptions. And then when he finds out, when he finds out there's two subscribers, <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, I think I have some Hot Wheels around here. I can probably <laughs> offer up. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, I'll take those. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, that's funny. No, I think it's a good idea. I mean, you have the cadence, you have the, you really have a history out there already. You know, you look at how many podcasts have come and gone, have failed, have really, I mean, what's what's the norm, Chris? It's like seven episodes or something is the norm yeah. for most startup yeah. podcasts, something they, like they that. Def- yeah, it's called pod fade. They fade out pretty quick. Um, yeah. I forget the exact numbers, but there's hundreds and hundreds, maybe even millions of podcasts and a large percentage of them are just dead in the water. <laughs> so wow. um, I just want to make sure, you know, at the end of the day, I just want to make sure that I provide, I, I want it to be more than worth it. I want someone to go, I'm a, a buck. Tw- if, I was telling Johnny this earlier. If my podcast to you isn't worth, and I'm not selling you on this, but if my podcast isn't worth $1.25 per week worth of entertainment, 
then I probably should just quit. <laughs> you know what I mean? So oh, yeah. I'm hoping that by pumping out some extra content and just, you know, really, um, you know, buckling down and getting some consistent stuff out there that someone would go, yeah, you know, that'd be worth it. That's fine. And, you know, if anything, you know, it's just to help support what I do, you know, and maybe who knows if I could get this thing big enough, I would love to take this show on the road and do, you know, in person talking Mopars with Hemi Bill, <laughs> you know, uh, Johnny Mo, everybody, everybody that I know on a personal level or that has come on talking Mopars, I would love to be able to take it on the road and actually you know, do video of these cars. You know, if I could get your Mopar story in person on camera, that would be amazing. That's like my uh, my five or ten year plan. So we'll see. We'll mm -hmm. see what happens. But you know, it's fun. I'm having fun. So I think you should do it. I really Every, yeah, everything's an experiment. This whole thing, the podcast was an experiment. You know, and so far it's it's done really well. And I don't know. I like I like the um, what is it first to market type thing now. Technically, I'm not the first to market, but for some reason, uh, like Uncle Tony, I think he should have, if it, if Uncle Tony ever listens to this, I think he made a huge mistake. Now, granted, he's killing it on YouTube, but I think he really should have stayed with the podcast because podcasting is so huge. You know, you don't have to sit and watch a podcast. You can listen to it. And like this, most people, most people, you know, if I'm being real here, most people are probably going to listen to this after I publish it as a podcast. You know, so I, I think podcasting is where it's at. But like I said, you know, to make it worthwhile for people, I, I think that giving them more than a dollar twenty-five a week worth of content should be should be cool, and it'll be it'll be fun. We'll see. Braden, Braden's out of here. Thanks, Braden. We'll uh, come check you out and add, what's your uh, Instagram, Braden? Throw it out there for people. He said, known as the beast with the 68 block. Okay, I'll have to see what. So look up 66 Salvage Restoration Speed Shop. <clears throat> and that's how you'll find Braden. Um, all right, what are we, how long have we been doing this, Johnny? A little over two hours? Yeah. This has been, uh, this has been fun. Um, we're going to have to figure out, like, I would like to do this, you know, once or twice a month, like I said, and just have an open forum. You know, anybody who wants to come on, come on. Um, this you won't be paying for. This will always be free. Uh, so, <laughs> Matt Monroe. <laughs> Gosh, it's late where you're at. Man, welcome to my world, editing late into the night. You know, I've been averaging like four hours of sleep. <laughs> it's bad. Like, I've been up since four o'clock and... uh doing the podcast and stuff, editing late into the night. It's I've fallen asleep editing the podcast. That's how crazy it is. Here we go, Braden. 60 at 66 salvage restoration shop. Restoration. 66 salvage restoration SP shop. All one word. So that's where you can find Braden on Instagram. 115 where Matt is. Wow. Joe Fitzpatrick, are you on the West Coast? Myself, Johnny Mopar, and Hemi Bill are. Bud is in Iowa, and Blake is down in the deep, deep, dirty South in Louisiana. <laughs> yep. I tried to convince my wife. Uh, Louisiana was my second choice, Blake, when I was talking to her about Texas. I was like, you know, 
Lake's not too far from Texas. He's in Louisiana. Down in the we have good by the bayou. food. <laughs> yeah. So hurricane, so yeah. uh, look. Twenty twenty is a dumpster fire. We can't I mean it seemed like every other week we had a hurricane and usually we have like I don't know, maybe one name storm or so a year. So yeah, guys, y'all st- I'm trying to convince them to move down here. Oh, y'all do Volkswagen bugs. <laughs> yeah. That the bugs hey, that, hey, would, that would that would feed them. <laughs> My wife definitely she's uh if she sees a spider, it is like uh it's it's pathetic. I won't go too into it because if she ever listens it she'll hate me. Um Joe, it looks like Joe's in Long Island, New York, two fifteen. Well, Joe. Um, either you have no life or you really like talking Mopars. <laughs> so, uh, no, I'm just kidding, buddy. That's uh, that's cool, man. Thanks for joining us. I know it's late on a Saturday night. That's dedication. Um, that is dedication. Yeah. I, you know, I'm like I said, I would be happy if you know a handful of people watched. Um, so this is more than uh, I expected, and hopefully, you know, truth be told, we were supposed to be live on YouTube too, but. I honestly have no subscribers. I just finished putting the um, my account together today, and then as I'm trying to go live on the damn thing, it's like, oh, you need to uh, you need to get approved to be live, and it takes 24 hours. So I was like, all right, Johnny, I already I already fucked it up. <laughs> so <laughs> here we are on Facebook. So next time we'll be on YouTube, and uh, I got to figure out what I'm going to do to grow that channel. YouTube is a whole different animal. I know Johnny and Blake, you're, you guys are doing it. But do you do anything on YouTube? I have a muscle car syndicate on there, but there's only two or three videos. One's a walk around on a 69 Roadrunner convertible I found. Okay. Um, cool. Shifter linkage on an A33 on a 70 Challenger TA. Having an issue with that. And I just put a, a quick video out just asking for help. Got no, nice. or nothing but three subscribers. And I think they're the other two are two of my kids and one's from Instagram. So <laughs> I'm really tearing it up on there. Big block is back. Welcome back, buddy. Hey. But I don't know how to market it really or do anything either. Um, and I'm not sure. I mean, I, I'd like to grow, but I don't. I don't have really the time to invest like I'd want to. So I'm not going to block it right now. It's an animal, brother. <laughs> it is an animal. Yeah. We wouldn't yeah. be where we are without Mike. You know, I think we just clicked over. Uh, 1500 subscribers today nice. I think but it's only grown in the past three months I mean for the last two years I might have had 100 200 subscribers um, but I'll say he stepped in and what I found is the key to that is just a frequent it's just some kind of a pace a cadence just like we we're talking about with Chris it's like you have your thing do you post once a week do you post once a month and you establish that cadence and uh there's a couple of other insights I could give you on how to post stuff out there that I've learned just from Mike when he kind of stepped into that role um but it's it is a new a beast a new animal it's funny because I mean we we have like barely any followers on Instagram but you know a lot of people follow us on Facebook um and and also YouTube. So it doesn't have to be polished. It doesn't have to be fancy. It's just setting that frequency that getting that content out there is the number one way to drive the, the viewers to watch and to really uh, follow along on your adventures, you know? So, 
uh, it could be as simple as just opening the YouTube app and then doing like these, these live videos and just posting them like you would on Facebook or any other social media. That's the key, really, from what I've learned so far. And I'm no expert by any means. Everything I've ever heard. Uh, yeah, especially in today's market, um, video is where it's at. And I'm late to the game. I'm late to every single game. I was late to Facebook. I was late to Instagram. <laughs> I, I've been late to everything. So uh, everything I've done has Facebook's been the only thing that's actually popped for me. And it, I, I was strategic about how I did it. And Instagram has been a whole different animal. Um, but I think with talking Mopars, I've actually seen it grow quicker than I thought because there was a period of time with the Mopar Hunter Facebook page where I saw everything stop and I was like, what the hell happened? And I did some research because um, I'm really into the, like I drive a garbage truck for a living for those of you that don't know. So I have a lot of time. So what I was doing was I was listening to podcasts, um, talking about social media marketing and things like that. And I found out that Facebook really likes to tweak their algorithms and they really wanted Facebook to be a, you know, for friends and family type thing. And so they were basically saying, all right, businesses, you want to reach people, you got to pay us. So you have to find a way around that. My way around that was, okay, I'm already posting things that people, you know, in, in the Mopar community would share most of the time, sometimes. So all it takes is, you know, one post to go, I, I say viral, but that's, that's subjective. For me, viral is if I get a 20,000 reach and I can go weeks with getting, you know, 5,000, 10,000 people seeing the stuff. Um, and then one day I'll post a charger, an overpriced charger, and I just get 25 that it's shared 4,000 times. It's the craziest shit. But I noticed that video, um, from what every big influencer is saying is videos where it's at. So, and it only takes one, one good viral video. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the asshole, like my first episode, I talked about the asshole that crushed the charger because nobody wanted to pay him what he thought it was worth. And uh, he went viral. So, I mean, you can be viral for, you can go viral by being an asshole. So, I mean, I like to see nice people go viral. So I hope nothing but success for all my friends. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a, it's a different beast. I, I don't like to tell people to give up, you know what I mean? With things like that, if you got, you know, for, for one thing, any follower that you have is good. <laughs> Just one person wanting to listen to you or whatever. That's an amazing thing. You know what I mean? I can't get my wife to listen to me half the time. So any stranger wants to listen to me. That's great. Cool. Um, but yeah, you know what, while we're talking about this, why don't we go from the top of Johnny Mopar and go around and you guys plug all your YouTubes, whatever you guys got going on. So Johnny, sure. Go. Yeah. So I have a YouTube channel. I only have maybe just over a hundred subscribers, but it's a good group of people. And there's actually a lot of guys in my group that are kind of on my same level, just do it yourself type stuff, you know, working on your car and, you know, sharing the issues you've gone through tips recommendations or whatnot um so hopefully it'll grow if anybody's interested look me up johnny mopar on uh youtube and uh but if you want to just a recommendation there's a guy called nick nimmin he gives like a lot of advice on how to build your youtube channel i've been listening to him a lot too and there's there's actually a lot of good tips in there and stuff so it's it for me 
Oh, cool. Awesome. Hemi Bill. Hemi Bill, you're up. <laughs> he left. <laughs> hey, Hemi Bill, don't you ever do that again. <laughs> oh, he's like, you know what? F you. See ya. <laughs> Hemi, <laughs> HemiBill.com, folks. HemiBill.com. Bud, you're up. Yeah, I'm uh, Muscle Car Syndicate on Instagram. Um, just like Chris said, I was late to the game. I didn't have any social media platforms till 2018 because I thought they were just the, the end of mankind. And I was like, you know what? I better embrace it because it's not going away. I wish I would have done a long time ago because I'm not doing anything any different than anybody else is. But I try to give as much information, facts, production figures, anything like that, walk arounds of cool cars I find along the way. And I get to work at a pretty cool Mopar shop. So get to uh, post from there quite a bit. And I also have the Muscle Car Syndicate YouTube page that eventually I will try to uh, get rolling a lot better. And I, I like what I think Blake said, which is, uh, you know, I don't have any editing equipment, have no idea how to edit. So it's just raw video. I just, whatever I just roll with is what I'm rolling with. And so nice. if people want to see that and they can, you know, see all the mistakes and no edits, no nothing, all the outtakes put right in there and come watch my page, I guess. Awesome. Moving on, Blake. What you got, buddy? Oh, just uh, I guess everything's pretty much labeled the same. Uh, Facebook, uh, DIY, Hemi, YouTube, same, and uh, Instagram as well. Um, I don't think we're on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I don't think so, but I, I could be F, wrong. F Twitter. F Twitter. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's not my jam. I mean, there, so yeah, we're not there. Um, you know, look us up uh, if you need any help. Uh, just like you, bud, man. I, I think the best thing, the beauty, and it's just it, raw is people love raw. You know, it's real. I think it resonates with a lot of people. Um, do you, man? Keep keep doing what you're doing. Keep posting videos, man. Um, if there's anything I can help to help, you know, do to help you gentlemen out, absolutely. Um, I'll. Be sure to tag you guys, send some people your way because it's a big community. I think we all have um, followers with the same likeness, same you know backgrounds, passions, whatever. So um, yeah, I'm all for it, man. If there's anything I could do to help you guys out, let me know. Thanks, Blake. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Man. That's awesome, man. Moving on, Big Block, you're up, buddy. All right, uh, you can pretty much find me under Big Block's Garage on YouTube, Facebook, and I. I think I changed my Instagram over to for the podcast, so it'd be under Mad Fro Monroe. Okay. And then I mean that's about it. I allegedly we're on Twitter. Uh that's what I was told by <laughs> one of the guys. Um I don't know anything about it. I don't mess with Twitter. Sure. But uh that's pretty much where you can find us. Like the YouTube channel, I've had that pretty much dedicated to my C ten and the Duster projects. Awesome. And then the Instagram's just was well, just my daily life, but started gearing a little bit more towards business yeah. aspects yeah. so so far so good uh i watch a lot of blake stuff and i've definitely been checking out johnny's youtube nice. oh, thanks for visiting oh absolutely <laughs> man he didn't subscribe though yeah you know it's funny instagram oh is it still under that okay cool <laughs> it's, I it's and then you're you're your name is Matt Fro Monroe attached to Big Blocks Garage. There we go. I just, yeah. I just you. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank awesome. you. <laughs> yeah, you're yep. 
my biggest failure in all of this is having the Mopar Hunter and talking Mopars because now I have to juggle two different things. And I've been looking at Facebook allows you to merge pages. So I've been trying to figure out how they do that and how I can still retain what I've built. So I'm trying to figure out how to do it because uh, I've been trying to figure out how to rename the Mopar Hunter. So I was thinking about just putting talking Mopars with the Mopar Hunter. I'm, I've been exploring that stuff. But one thing I would, I, you know, I think would be fun for um, the subscription plan would be to give my personal tips and advice on how to, you know, start podcasts. And because there's, I would love it if a hundred more Mopar podcasts came out and actually sustained. And so I would have more content to listen to because I, I just love it. You know what I mean? Um, Matt, you guys are doing a great job. I love your podcast. Oh, thank you. Uh, I think it's fun. And, um, you know, the more the merrier. Like I said, I'm not a hater when it comes to other podcasts. I, I encourage everybody. Yeah. But I see in the chat that my coworker, Jorge, is here. Jorge, what's up, buddy? You're up late. He, Jorge just had a kid, so congratulations, Jorge, but you need to get your ass back to work, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, Joe asks if we're all on Facebook. Yeah, I'm obviously on here, the Mopar Hunter or Talking Mopar's podcast. Um, Blake, DIY Hemi, Johnny Mopar. They, hey, there is a second Johnny Mopar, but no offense yeah. to him, but he's an imposter. <laughs> That's right. And he's Big Bucks. He's got an Go H in his name. He's got an H in his name. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't. Right. <laughs> John Johnny Mopar, this one is a minimalist. He said, you know right. what? No H. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, and uh Big Block, what what uh what's your exact um Facebook page Facebook for exactly your podcast? Is Big Block's garage. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. There you go, Joe. Follow us all, like us all, share us all. <laughs> hey. um, before we end, there, I want to. I'm going to segue you guys because Big Block's on here and Chris, you're on here, and I wanted to talk real quick about movies because I think both of you guys have talked about Cannonball Run mm. before, right, yeah. in your podcast. But have you guys heard of Cannonball? Not Cannonball Run, but Cannonball with uh, David Carradine, the old school movie where there's a 68 Charger in there. I mean, I think that movie was made in 76 or 79, somewhere in between. I feel like Fro off my podcast brought it up, but I don't think he brought it up on our on our episode that we talked about movies. I, I actually before. I actually expected him to because he's the old old school guy in your group. And I was like, how come he didn't bring it up? No, I, he he actually kicked himself for about a week after we recorded that episode about movies oh. he never got to mention. Yeah, dude, that movie uh, to me, that movie. Well, maybe the acting's not as good as Cannonball Run, but the cars trump everything in Cannonball Run. I mean, because it's more <laughs> old school, bitching cars, Pantera in there. I mean, yeah, it's a badass movie. You got to see it. Check it out. Anyway, sorry for the segue. No, that's that's cool. I'm in it. I got to check that out. I like, the, you know, I like the old car movies. I think they're fun. Um, I do. I am a fan of Cannonball Run and uh, Dom DeLuise. I like him. Yeah. <laughs> him. Him is funny. That shit cracks me up. Him. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, but yeah, um, everybody who is here right now and that uh, joined us today, thank you very much. This was the first of hopefully many and everybody that's on right now is obviously welcome back. And, you know, anybody else out there that wants to talk Mopars on here with us, hey, 
come on, just Absolutely. have some headphones. <laughs> it was a good time. And, you know, this is the power of the internet. You know, we all know each other online, but we can't do face-to-face -face talks for, you know, travel, things like that. But this allows us to get a little bit more personal. And I like that. Um, it's like you're in a garage talking shit with your buddies. And I think it's great. I think it's fun. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm down to do it again. So I'll be doing it whether anybody wants to join me or not. That's all up to you guys. <laughs> I had to bring an accomplice and my accomplice was Johnny Mopar because I was like, look, look, I ain't doing it by myself. I ain't going down by myself. All right. I know yeah. the captain's supposed to go down with the ship, but there's got to be at least one other guy with him. <laughs> you know what I mean? So thank special thanks to Johnny for joining me and the rest of you guys, Hemiville. And, um, you know, it's just been a, it's been a good time tonight. So thank you guys for joining. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome, guys. Thanks for, guys. Back for, uh, for all the comments, too. That's yeah, yeah. We had a lot of participation, so shout out to all you guys. Um, I would name you all right now, but I got to be honest, I'm, I'm a lightweight these days, and these two beers have got me a little fuzzy-eyed. I'm, I'm trying to look at this. I know people are like, what a fussy, two beers? I don't drink. I'm a, I'm a new father. I don't have much time to drink. I'm too busy working. Um so when I have uh, when I drink a little bit, I have a good time. And I'm looking at this screen, and I'm like, all right, either I've been up for too long, or I'm a little buzzed right now. So thank you all for yeah yeah. Thank you all for joining, and we'll see you next time right here on Talking Mopars Direct Connections. See you guys. Bye, later. Everyone. See you guys. Bye. See ya. Bye. End of broadcast. All right. That's it, folks. We made it. We did it. I hope you guys enjoyed both parts of the very first ever live streamed episode of the podcast as much as my friends and I did. That was the first of what I hope to be many. So stay tuned. Very special thanks to Johnny Mopar for being my partner in crime. Hemi Bill, Bud Mac Blake and Matt for joining us on the live stream. You can find Johnny Mopar on YouTube under Johnny Mopar. You can find Hemi Bill at HemiBill.com. You can find Bud Mac at Muscle Car Syndicate on Instagram. You can find Blake at DIYHemi.com and at DIYHemi on social media. And last, but most certainly not least, Matt at Big Blocks Garage on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to check out his podcast, Mad Fro Monroe on Big Blocks Garage, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, thanks to everybody who joined us in the chat. Like I said, I hope this was just the first of many, so stay tuned. There you have it, my friends. Another episode of Talking Mopar's Direct Connections is in the books, except for this time it was live. For everything you need to know about this podcast, please visit TalkingMopars.com. And don't forget that you can send me your Mopar stories, questions, comments, complaints, suggestions, and everything else on your Mopar-addicted mind to Chris at TalkingMopars.com. Or leave me a voice message on my voicemail box at 209-28-MOPAR, and you're going to hear yourself on the show. Special thanks to HemiPages.com and DIYHemi.com for the support. And one last thing before we ride off into the sunset, if you'd like to help support Talking Mopars, jump on over to the website, TalkingMopars.com, and check out the merch shop. There you're going to find all the Talking Mopars merch that I have available right now. T-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, stickers, and more. We got like coffee mugs, and we finally have new designs, so go take a look. By grabbing yourself some Talking Mopars merch, you're not only getting some cool stuff, but you're helping me keep the shiny side up on this podcast each and every week so thank you for that and i do have to mention that 
there is a new way to help support the show, and that's the Mopar Hunters Facebook fan subscriptions and the exclusive Facebook group for supporters of this podcast. I said last week that I'm still ironing out all the details of the exclusive content that you're going to get by subscribing to the Mopar Hunter on Facebook. But what I can tell you is that for $4.99 a month, I'm going to be giving you all sorts of good stuff. Not only are you going to get the podcast each and every week, but you're also going to get at least one bonus episode of the podcast every month, one bonus live stream per month, a special discount code for the merch shop, exclusive monthly giveaways only for subscribers, access to the Mopar Hunters Association, which is the exclusive Facebook group for subscribers, exclusive video content, bonus Facebook posts exclusively for subscribers that show the other stuff I find while hunting Mopars, like Mopar collectibles, parts, and even some of the cars that I don't share publicly on Facebook, and more to be determined as time goes on and I develop the subscriber benefits. So if you like the show, if you like what you're getting for free right now, then consider subscribing to the Mopar Hunters Facebook page. With your support, I can take this show to the next level, and you can join me for the ride. No Mopar left behind. That's it, my friends. Until we talk again, I am your host, Chris Albrecht, and that was Talking Mopar's Direct Connections. Thank you for listening to Talking Mopar's, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Until next time, remember, no Mopar left behind.